You're listening to the Beauty Business Podcast, now with over 200,000 downloads worldwide. This is the podcast for you if you're an independent beauty salon, skin clinic, spa owner, or manager. I want to help you reach your business goals through simple, practical, and focused business information and advice. We deal with the foundations of starting and also growing not only an incredibly profitable, rewarding, and stable beauty or wellness business, but also a stress-free one too. In short, I'm here to help you make more money, have more time, and get back to simply what it is you enjoy doing and why you set out on this journey rather than worrying about all that businessy stuff and not getting the results you want. And who am I? Well, my name is Adam Chatterley, and I'm your host here on the show. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hey, how are you? How are things? How's your week going? I've just come back from holiday for a week in Spain with my family, so I'm feeling relaxed, re-energised, gently tanned and not at all sunburnt thanks to my Factor 50 sun cream. And I'm ready to bring you some fantastic episodes of the Beauty Business Podcast. And actually, we found out some things about the podcast since you and I last spoke. We found out that we've been nominated for an award or shortlisted for award anyway. I can't tell you any more about it until next week, but it's always nice to hear and be recognized for that. And actually off the back of that, we've also found out that this very podcast is the top ranked business podcast for the beauty and spa industry here in the UK and the eighth most popular globally, which genuinely amazingly blows my mind. And for that, I have to thank all of you that listen to the show regularly and let me know that I'm helping you through your ratings and reviews and your emails. You know, really, thank you all so much for that. And please, please do keep letting me know any wins that you have, no matter how big or small, by leaving me a review on iTunes or whatever podcast application you are listening on. Actually, on that topic as well, we've been requested to publish the show on Spotify podcasts now, as well as the places that you can already listen. So if you're an avid Spotify fan, then very soon, you'll be able to listen to the Beauty Business Podcast there as well. Right, let's get down to business, shall we? Well, we've all heard the expression, first impressions last, and it's true. And it goes hand in hand with that other saying, you only get one chance to make a first impression, which is also true to a certain extent, I think. But when it comes to any interaction with people, our human brains are wired in general to more strongly remember our first contact or interaction with someone and also our last interaction with someone, which is why, as a side note here, if you're ever interviewing for a job or you're making a sales pitch, you're statistically more likely to get the job or get the sale if you are the first candidate interviewed or the last to be seen. So if first interaction and last interaction are so strongly imprinted on our brains, then it stands to reason that your salon, spa or clinic's reception is absolutely crucial in your client's journey with you. After all, your reception, and it doesn't necessarily have to be any sort of formal reception desk, we'll talk more about that in a moment, but your reception is going to be the first interaction that a client has with you or with your business as they walk in through your door. And it will likely also be the last interaction they have with you before they leave. So the first and the last interaction, this will leave possibly a more powerful impression on your client than the interaction that you have during the treatment or the service that you're actually providing them with and the reason they came to see you. So yeah, reception aspect of your business is pretty darn important. But what does this actually mean? Is it really that important? What do you need to think about? What are the mistakes you should avoid? And can it really make a difference? Can it make you more money? 
Well, that's exactly what today's episode is all about. I've got 12 things that you can do, you can implement, or you can avoid doing that will help grow your beauty business more quickly and make you more money. Now, as a way to organize this, I've broken down the steps that you need to think about into three specific areas, physical, personal, and operational. And as it turns out, there's quite a lot to get through when I was making the notes for this episode. Loads of great little things that you can do and mistakes to avoid. So let's get right into it, shall we? Okay, so kicking off with the physical aspects. So first of all, whatever type of beauty business you have, be it a beauty salon, a home salon, a clinic or a spa, you've got some sort of reception. Now, it might be a more traditional reception desk. It might just be a table. It might even be just an area. But no matter what it is, how big or how small, it has an appearance. Now, that's what we're dealing with here in the physical section. And by the way, we're starting off with physical because my thinking is if a client walks in to your salon and there isn't anyone manning reception at that time, then the first impression that they're going to get is of your reception desk or your reception area. We'll come to the personal or personnel bit in a moment. Okay, so first up, clean, clear and organized. Your reception area is the bridge between the chaos and the hectic pace of the outside world and the calm tranquility of your salon, spa or clinic. So it needs to be that first element of peace not a bombsite of pens, post-it notes, half-used nail polish, returned products, part booked in, stock orders, wires, cables, consultation cards, you know, all the things that just naturally get dumped onto the reception desk. So keep it clean and tidy. If your reception desk is messy and even worse, dirty, that's the impression that the client is going to have of your salon or spa. And that's not, I imagine, what you're aiming for. So channel your inner Marie Kondo and keep it neat, keep it clean organized, clear, and uncluttered. That's likely what a client is hoping for during their time with you. A place that they can switch off, unwind from all those day-to-day things that they need to deal with. Even if they aren't coming to you for a quote, you know, relaxing treatment, it's still one of the only pieces of me time that a lot of people get. So let's not stress them out right from the start, shall we? Your clients should feel as comfortable to hang out in your reception area just as much as they are in your treatment room or your relaxation area if you have one. Now, I'm not saying here that you have to completely redesign your entire reception area just because of what I'm saying. But if you were thinking about it or just now realizing how important and often overlooked an aspect of your business this is, then let's just take a little time. Let's just talk for a second about the things that you should think about when it comes to your reception area design. So first of all, given what I've just been saying, storage is very much a key factor in any beauty salon, uh, any beauty salon's reception area. You are going to have pens and other stationery and receipt rolls and consultation cards, all sorts of things that make sense to have at your reception. It's where they should live, but they don't need to be on show. In fact, they shouldn't. So think about how you can build in or add some clever storage and lots of it without making it look cluttered. Now, next up is lighting. Now, the reception area is the one part of your beauty business that probably needs to be the most brightly lit. But that doesn't mean you need floodlights. Try and have your reception area again be the bridge between the outside world and the calmness of your salon. So it needs to be well lit, but more warmly lit. That might be the way to go. But this is going to depend on your business a little bit. 
Now, the size of your reception area needs some attention too. I'm talking more about your actual reception desk here or whatever you use as your reception desk. It should be appropriate for the space that you have available, but equally, it needs to be practical. If you haven't got lots of space, keep it small, but bear in mind your requirements. Likewise, if you're lucky enough to have lots of space available, don't just have a massive desk because you can. Sometimes less is more. Figure out what you need room for, what will match the space, what you can afford, and kind of go from there. Now, while we're talking about your physical desk and space, make sure it's also on brand for your business, but be careful that you don't go too quirky. A few years ago, I worked with an independent spa in London and all of their furniture was really, really quirky. It was all reclaimed from travels around the world and a few antique shops, but they'd chosen this beautiful old drinks cabinet to use for their reception desk. And it was Indeed, very in keeping with the rest of the furniture and their sort of overall vintage shabby chic branding. However, the realities of a modern reception area meant that it needed lots of PowerPoints for the reception computer, the monitor, the phone, the PDQ machine, a desk lamp, a mobile phone charger, the music controls, all of these different things. So we had to drill so many holes in the cabinet that it started to look a little bit like Swiss cheese. And then there's all the practical things you need that I've mentioned, you know, stationery, the consult cards, referral cards, till rolls, all these different things. Now, a 50-year-old drinks cabinet wasn't entirely designed to hold these kind of things. So whilst it looked beautiful from the outside, it really wasn't practical for the job. And in the end, even after making Swiss cheese out of it and doing everything we could think of to make it work, we ended up getting rid of it and installing a more modern style reception desk because it just made more sense. It helped the team work better and ultimately provided a better reception for their clients. Now, actually, while we're talking about the reception desk itself, it's worth noting that depending on the size of your salon or spa, your reception area might also encompass your arrival or waiting area. And if this is the case, then you also need to think about the design and the functionality of things like your seating to further make that transition between the chaotic outside world and the calm, welcome, friendly environment of your salon. Now, if you want to know more about this or anything else about the design of your reception or waiting area, then check out episode 30 of the podcast. It's called The Art of Creating the Perfect Waiting Room. And it was an episode I did about a year ago with salon designer Cheryl Janis. Now, finally, in this section is one of the biggest physical mistakes that I see many salons and spas making, and it's not using their reception area to promote their retail products. Now, everyone's business is different. I get that. The makeup, the layout, the design of your business, it's all going to be different to everyone else's. But given that we've already said that your reception is the first and last point of contact for a client during a visit, then if you aren't displaying your available retail products at or very near your reception desk, then you're missing out on huge potential income from increased retail sales. Now, I'm not saying that simply displaying your product house's latest cream or serum on your reception desk is suddenly going to have you selling thousands of products. It's going to help for sure. But initially, introducing the product range into your client's minds before their treatment and then reminding them of it and any recommendations that the therapist or practitioner made for them at the end of the treatment is certainly going to help you sell more product. Now, I've been promising you a mini series of episodes all about product and retail sales for a while now, and I'm very pleased to tell you that this will finally be ready and with you in the next couple of weeks. If it isn't already available, just look for the following episodes directly after this one in whatever podcast player and whenever you are listening. So make sure you're displaying your retail products at reception and then check out the episodes after this one to learn how to leverage this to sell more retail than you thought possible. 
So quick recap of the points under my physical reception mistakes then. So number one, keep your reception clean, clear and organized. Maximize your storage and remove the clutter chaos to transition from hectic outside world to the calm of your salon or spa. Number two, design. Everything from the look, the lighting, the size, the space, all of this creates an impression. Take a step back and look objectively at your reception area. Is it creating and leaving the right impression? And number three, retail product. Reception is probably the best place to actually close a sale of retail products. Please don't feel awkward that I'm using a word there like close, which some people see as a sort of a salesy thing. All I mean here is that your job is to help your clients see the value of your knowledge and your advice and help them make the decision to continue their experience and benefits at home. At some point, you've got to exchange that product for money and reception is a great place to do this. So make sure your products are available and on display. So moving on then to my next section, which is personal or personnel. So even if there isn't someone manning your reception desk when a client walks in or walks up to your desk, then at some point, hopefully, someone will come to the desk to look after the client. Now, this will likely be the first personal impression that your client has of your business. Just like the appearance of your salon or your spa, it speaks volumes. So the welcome that your client receives, whether it's the first time that a client has been or it's a regular client, it all sets the tone for the whole visit. It can either put them at ease and set them up for an incredible treatment starting or building on that relationship you have with them, or it can immediately put a negative experience right in front of your client that you then have to put in extra effort simply to get them back to neutral. So what simple things can you do to avoid an immediate negative experience and really start building that trust and respect right from the start? Well, first of all, let's talk about the greeting. Now, it doesn't need to be anything over the top, simply by making eye contact, offering a smile and starting off by saying welcome or good morning, whatever works for you, but something positive with a smile and sincerity. Now, I don't care if you're having a pig of a day, that should not ever be projected onto or displayed to your clients. They are here for you to take care of them, to make them feel special, not to share in your problems. Now, it sounds trite, I get it, but a smile and a warm welcome really does go a long way. And while we're on the subject, do the same thing when you answer your phone. Smile warmly and answer the phone with a sincere hello. You might think this is nonsense, but there have been countless studies where in blind tests, people have been asked to tell whether a receptionist was smiling or not when answering the phone. Now, overwhelmingly, the results show that A, people can tell when the receptionist wasn't smiling and B, the call goes more smoothly and the client feels happier themselves when met with a smiling phone answerer, even if the purpose of the call wasn't fulfilled, i.e. the caller didn't quite get what they were after. So for your own sake, if not for that of your clients, even if you're having a tough day, take a breath and a smile before greeting a client or answering the phone. Now, while we're on this particular topic, let me tell you what I think is possibly the biggest mistake you can make in terms of dealing with clients or indeed anyone at your reception desk. Do not, whatever you do, simply ignore people that walk up to your reception desk. Now, this sounds so crazy and I bet you're thinking, well, duh, that's obvious, Adam, who'd do that? But I've honestly seen this happen countless times. I've experienced it myself and I personally find it painful to experience no matter which side of the desk I am standing. Let me try and paint a picture on this for you so you can kind of understand what I'm getting at. So let's say you're already at reception. You're possibly looking for something urgently or you're on the phone trying to book in a client who's making a particularly tricky booking, you know, moving an appointment at the last minute or booking multiple things in. 
Okay, so then a client walks up to the desk and you kind of notice them out of the corner of your eye, but you want to concentrate on what you're doing and get the client off the phone. So you don't immediately acknowledge the client that stood in front of you. Now, that's okay for a few seconds. So if you really, really are just wrapping up the call, then I suppose it's fine. But once you get past, say, five seconds of the client standing there and you haven't even acknowledged them with a smile or, you know, mouthed something like, I'll be with you in a minute, that's when things start to seem very awkward and quickly build towards being extremely rude. Now, as soon as someone walks up to your reception desk, always acknowledge them straight away. If you're on the phone, simply smile and, you know, some sort of indication that you've seen them and you'll be with them as soon as you can. Like I said, just mouth, I'll be with you in a minute or I'm just finishing this up or something like that. If you're frantically looking for something urgently because, you know, there's a client waiting in a room and you need something, possibly suggest that they take a seat and you'll come and find them as soon as you can so that they're not stood there wondering when you're coming back. And whatever you do, do not do what I've seen happen many times. Allow a client to walk up to your reception whilst you're busy, fail to acknowledge them, and then you walk away from reception. You may know that you're literally going to be 10 seconds and you'll be back, but the client doesn't. To them, you've simply ignored them and walked off. Now, I've walked out of places for exactly this treatment. I bet you've experienced this too in your own life. How did it make you feel at the time? I'm betting it didn't make you feel great. Couldn't quite believe it, I'm betting. So please, please never allow this to happen to your clients. And speaking of things that annoy me, if someone is stood at reception, if they've taken the time to come to visit you, whether it's for a treatment or simply to make an inquiry, then as you're speaking to them, if your phone rings, do not answer it and start another conversation. This annoys me almost as much as the failure to acknowledge someone stood at your reception does. If you can ignore the phone and let it go to voicemail, then do so. If not, then indicate to the client that you're speaking to that you need to very quickly answer the phone. Answer it and immediately tell the person on the phone that you'll be with them as soon as possible. Put them on hold and go back to the client stood in front of you as they are your priority. I'm sure there will be people out there that disagree with me, but as far as I'm concerned, the person stood in front of you should always, always, always take precedence over someone who simply phones you. Now again, think about whether this has ever happened to you. How did you feel? Did it make you feel like the most important customer in the world? I'm guessing not. Oh, and if you need to ask a client to wait, either on the phone or in person, always apologize to them and thank them for their patience when you do get back to dealing with them. Small accommodations like this go a long way in terms of customer service. And at the end of the day, that's all we want as customers. You simply want to be treated with respect and made to feel valuable and valued. Okay, probably best move on before I find something else to rant about. Now, next up is to remember that people don't know everything about your salon or spa. Don't assume they do. So tell them or remind them whether they're a new client or someone who's been in before. You know, if it's not obvious, tell clients as you welcome them where they can take a seat, where they can get a glass of water, where your toilets are. Tell them where the treatment rooms are, how long their therapist is going to be, what to expect when the therapist is available, i.e. will someone come and collect them? If they need to fill in a consultation form, make sure they know this, offer it to them and tell them if they need any assistance with it to simply ask. You know, if you offer teas and coffees, make sure they know that and also make sure they know whether they're available for free as part of their treatment or they cost extra. Now, I said I was moving away from personal rants, but again, if I'm in a spa or a hotel or a lounge of a business or even waiting for a meeting and I'm somewhere that I don't 
you know, know very well. And then I'm asked whether I'd like a drink. I'm not always sure whether I'm being offered it as a courtesy or whether I'm going to have to pay for it. Now, there've been times where I've been somewhere for a meeting and for some reason I've not had my wallet with me. And this has happened. And I've thought, actually, I could really do with a coffee, but I've not got any cash on me. And not wanting to ask that awkward question, um, is it going to cost me anything? I've done the very polite British thing of simply declining to avoid either of us any embarrassment. And I've just said, no, no, I'm fine, thanks, when really I did fancy that coffee. So if you offer something and it's part of the visit or part of the treatment, make sure it's clear to people. Don't assume people know what you offer, what happens in your salon or spa. It's likely different from elsewhere. And making people feel comfortable like this builds trust, helps later when you are making recommendations for them, whether it's for the treatment suggestions, whether it's retail products, or simply just to make another booking. So what else have we got on the subject of personal or personnel? Uh, oh, yes. Just a quick one here. But if you have any sort of dedicated reception person, make sure they look like a member of your team. Now, even if you only employ someone to man your reception during the busiest times, ensure that they look the part. If your therapist or your team members wear any sort of uniform, make sure the receptionist does the same. Now, this not only helps keep your welcome look on brand, but it helps the client know they're dealing with a real member of your team. It also will make your reception person feel more like a team member as well. Now, if you don't wear uniforms or therapist wear, then still make sure your receptionist looks the part. I'm pretty sure you know what I mean here. Do they look like the rest of your team? I don't mean in terms of gender or anything like that. I mean, do they look professional or cool or quirky or whatever it is that fits with the brand of your business? Next, reception crowding. Now, for some reason, it's a particular occurrence within spas and salons and clinics the world over that staff members, whilst not performing treatments and services, gravitate towards reception desk. It's kind of like some unofficial meeting point or talking counter. Now, it probably has to do with the fact that reception is usually where the computer is with the appointment diary on it. So staff members want to see what appointments they have coming in for the rest of the day. And that's okay. But all too often, people tend to linger there if they haven't got anything immediately booked in. Now, this may seem harmless enough, but if you have a reception desk with even just two or three team members chatting away and laughing with each other, as friendly and as lighthearted as this may seem, think about how this looks to your clients. Now, a situation like this can create a closed off reception. Approaching a group of people in a conversation is much more intimidating than a reception desk with a person clearly waiting to assist you. Now, I'm a reasonably confident person, but even I will wait to approach a reception desk if a group of team members are all laughing and joking away. I don't want to get in the middle of that. And then there is the, well, what are they laughing and talking about factor? You know, salons and spas can be really vulnerable places. Often, the treatments that we perform require clients to remove their clothes. Sure, not generally in the reception area, but how much more vulnerable can you get than that? Imagine yourself in this situation. How soon before your mind runs to, well, I wonder what they're talking about? What if they're talking about a client that's just been in? I hope they don't talk about me when I've just had my treatment. So whilst there's often a need for staff to come to reception, avoid team members lingering there. Pass on messages by all means, but take conversations elsewhere. This also helps to add to the calmness of the reception area. You know, lots of people congregating will make even the neatest and tidiest of reception areas suddenly seem chaotic again. 
Next, make sure you reward your reception staff. And again, depending on the size of your salon or spa, the job of reception may fall as a joint responsibility of yourself and other team members who are possibly also therapists or practitioners or stylists. Now, if that's the case, then great. These people are likely getting rewarded for doing a good job already through commissions and bonuses and things like that. But if you have any dedicated reception staff, then make sure you have some sort of reward scheme in place for them too. Now, this whole episode is meant to demonstrate the importance of your reception. It's a key point of contact for customer service, rebookings, and sales. If you really want to maximize this, then make sure you've got a reward mechanism in place to encourage your reception team to go over and above. Whether that's a commission scheme for retail sales, a bonus structure for rebookings, or some sort of reward for achieving a certain level of reviews. Just like you do for your therapists, put something in place track it, measure it, and reward your reception team's performance. Okay, so let's quickly recap the personal or personnel section following on from the three points earlier in the physical section. So at number four, the welcome. Smile, always acknowledge, and make your client feel valued. Number five, explain and remind. Don't assume people just know what happens in your salon or spa. Inform everyone, even if they've been before. Put people instantly at ease and start to build that trust and respect. Number six, look the part. Whoever is looking after reception, make sure they look like a member of your team. Number seven, don't intimidate. As much as I'm sure you'd never knowingly do this, team members standing at reception can be intimidating. Encourage your team to linger somewhere other than the reception area. And number eight, reception rewards. Whether you've got a dedicated person or a dedicated team on reception, ensure they're rewarded for their extra hard work. Measure their performance and incentivize excellence. Finally, your reception has several important operational functions, as well as just being the place to welcome and say goodbye to your clients. Now, whilst these tasks generally end up getting done, what should you treat as a priority and which areas can save you money gain you more clients and more bookings, as well as increasing your revenue. Now, earlier on, I mentioned, okay, I ranted about dealing with clients on the phone. Now, there are definitely going to be times when you don't get to the phone, particularly if you work mostly on your own or in a small team. Now, hopefully you've got a fun and inviting voicemail message which promotes your offers, direct your clients to answers to the most commonly asked questions that you get, e.g. opening times, cancellation policies, how to make online bookings, but ultimately somewhere that a client can leave a message for you to get back to them. Now, this goes the same for email, for messenger, text messages, WhatsApp, however you allow clients to communicate with you. Now, have a regular procedure for responding to people. You should be able to do this at a minimum of twice a day. People aren't expecting instant responses. In fact, not responding instantly to all your messages will actually make you look busy. But people also don't want to be ignored. So ideally, make sure you have some space to respond to messages in the morning before you open, around lunchtime so you can catch those that come in during the morning business, and also towards the end of the day. Answer questions as swiftly as possible, you know, with email text message, messenger and WhatsApp, you can set yourself up little templates to respond to your most common questions so that you aren't having to write the same thing time and time again. Now, even if you have a standard response that you can simply change a few words to make it more personal, this is going to save you huge amounts of time on a daily basis. Now, when it comes to the phone, call back and be as polite but concise as possible. Deal primarily with the reason for their message, remembering obviously to smile when you call. 
Now, next up is rebookings. Now, if you've listened to pretty much any of my previous podcast episodes, if you've been to any of my workshops or webinars or anything like that, you've probably heard me speak about rebookings before. Now, I honestly believe that if you diligently asked every single client that you see every day for every booking, if they'd like to rebook for their next appointment before they leave your salon or spa, then you'd actually only need about half the number of clients than you think you do. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, then I'm sure that you're aware of this already and you probably are trying to make this happen. But there are plenty of times when you're running a little behind, you don't have the time, you need to move on to the next client or you risk falling even further behind on your timings for the day. But if you have a reception person or even if you take turns amongst your team or even if it's just you and you have to allow an extra five minutes for each treatment, then I've done the maths and it's absolutely worth it to make this happen, to ask every single person you see whether they'd like to rebook. Because by simply asking the question without any pressure, just asking every client you see, I guarantee you'll double the number of rebookings you get versus not asking and just relying on people to book back in. I can guarantee it because I've measured this time and time again, both in small salons and big spas, and the results always show the same thing. At least double your rebookings simply by asking. Now, you can even make it a bit of a competition with a reward. Have a checklist on reception. Each client should be asked if they'd like to rebook. And once they get asked, put a tick next to their name. And for those clients that do rebook, they get another quick tick next to their name and the initials of the team member that asked and rebooked them in. Now, at the end of the week or the month, have a leaderboard of the team members that asked and rebooked the most clients. Now, this not only helps you measure the rebooking rates, but it creates some friendly and motivational competition and allows your team to win prizes based on their performance. Do this or some form of this and just watch your rebooking rates shoot up, I promise you. Now, from time to time, for one reason or another, you are going to occasionally get a client that is less than happy. It happens in all beauty businesses, and as long as it isn't happening all the time, then it isn't really anything you need to get necessarily too worried about. But the initiation of a client complaint is often going to happen at your reception area. Now, I hope this goes without saying, but when dealing with a client complaint, whether on the phone or in person, it needs to be handled calmly, professionally, and with respect. How you deal with an unhappy customer speaks volumes about your customer service. And whilst, you know, initially it seems like a negative, perhaps it can become a positive if you deal with it effectively. I believe that nothing creates a loyal client like one that has had a problem, brought it to you, and then had it resolved. Now, if other clients are present, should you get an unhappy client at your reception, then if possible, move the discussion away from reception. If you have any sort of back office space, use that. If there's a treatment room free, use that. Failing these, and if feasible, go to a cafe nearby to work things out. It's very rare that people actually like complaining. They simply want to be heard and helped. They don't want to stand at a reception desk making a scene just as much as you don't want them stood there for other clients to see. So do whatever you can to move it away from the reception area. Now, once you've reached a solution, though, and if it's appropriate, then feel free to move it back to the reception area and let the other clients see that a solution has been reached and everyone, specifically your client, is happy. People will notice this and it will further inspire confidence and trust in you and in your business. Now, finally, another of the biggest reception mistakes that I see and also wasted opportunities is the goodbye. 
Just like the welcome that your clients received at your reception is important, so is the goodbye. I'm not saying you have to put on a big production and give them a fanfare as they leave your salon, but as well as actually saying goodbye to your clients and you know wishing them a pleasant rest of the day, there are a few opportunities that you shouldn't miss out on. So your job isn't quite done yet. Now, first of all, unless you work on your own and it's just not feasible, don't rush them out of your salon or spa. They might want to sit down, they might want to have a glass of water, they might want to check their messages, things like that before they head off. So make sure that you continue to make them feel welcome. Ask them if they're happy, if they've enjoyed their treatment. Give them every opportunity to give you feedback. A client doesn't need to have a complaint to feel unhappy. Any issue, no matter how small, can fester over time. So do everything you can to ensure that you've given your clients the opportunity and even the encouragement to tell you now if there's anything that they'd like to discuss so that you can deal with it now and fix it straight away. Be genuine about it, though. If you are and people know that they can give you honest and constructive feedback about your business, about your staff, services, anything, then guess what? Yep, further builds the bonds of trust. It locks in their loyalty and you'll be rewarded with their custom for a long time to come. And if they haven't got anything but positives to say about you, then this is the perfect time to encourage them to leave you a review. Now, I've got a whole podcast episode all about getting more reviews. I think it's episode 40, I believe. So check that out for more information. But reviews are becoming increasingly more important in today's world. So if you have a happy client, convert that as quickly and as easily as possible to a five-star review for your business. Now, I've already covered the rebooking bit, so I won't go into detail on that, but don't forget to also remind people about your social media accounts. If you put out special offers, promotions, last-minute appointments, information like that on your social media channels, tell people about it before they leave. This is a great way to help you build your social media following, which in turn means you have a larger audience when you do offer promotions or you announce events that you're putting on or you need to fill last-minute cancellations. So let's quickly recap the operational section, shall we? So at number nine is return messages regularly and efficiently. Make time to do so and use templates to save you even more time and effort. Number 10, rebook everyone. Number 11, when complaints happen, try and move them away from reception. And number 12, don't forget about and don't squander the goodbye. And that's it. 12 or possibly a little bit more than 12 mistakes to avoid or ways to maximize your reception experience. Let me know what you think. Are you making any of these mistakes? Are you going to change anything now that I've pointed these things out to you? Now, as you know, I like to round off an episode by highlighting a recent review. And this week's review is from Brooke, an iTunes listener in the US of A. Now, Brooke very kindly gives the podcast five stars. Thank you very much. And she says, awesome podcast, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Adam, host of the Beauty Business Podcast, highlights all aspects of the beauty business and more in this can't miss podcast. The host and expert guests offer insightful advice and information that's helpful to anyone that listens. Thank you, Brooke. Your feedback, as always, is much appreciated. And I'm very pleased that you find the podcast so valuable. Now, I would like to hear from you, dear listener. Any results that you've had, any business you've generated, even questions that you've got. You can do this either in the show notes pages, which you can find at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 55 for this particular episode. That's where you can also find all the links and the notes and everything from today's episode. However, if you've simply enjoyed this episode, if I've given you some ideas or things to think about without yet any definitive results, then please take about 15 and a half seconds to let me know by leaving me a quick review on iTunes. Not only would I appreciate it, but it helps other beauty business owners find the show too 
and it helps them get the help that they desperately need. You may even get your review read out on a future episode. So, you know, keep it clean, folks. Right. And like I said earlier on, I've been mentioning this for a while now, but I really am bringing you a mini series all about retail products. Now, this is going to be starting next week and running for the following for maybe five weeks. I'm aiming to cover all aspects of this part of running a beauty business from how to create the perfect retail display, one that entices clients to buy and browse and all of those kind of things, all the way through to helping your clients sell more product all at the same time and tackling that ever-present question of how to compete with the big online stores and discount sites. Oh, and I've brought in some pretty big names in the beauty retail world to help me with this one. So keep an eye or an ear out for that coming next week. But if you have any burning questions about retail or products or indeed anything, then please drop me an email at letstalk at salonbusinesssecrets.com or post a message on my Facebook group in Beauty Business Hackers or, you know, send me a pigeon or something. Basically, let me know. And if I don't specifically cover it in the upcoming episodes, then maybe I'll do a roundup episode to answer any and all final questions that you have. So there will be nothing stopping you from achieving your retail and product goals. Now, in the meantime, I'd like to say, have a great week. Take a really, really good look at your reception experience. How could you improve it? Even just one small thing could make a big difference, I promise you. So that's all from me. Bye for now. See you soon.